welcome to Ride IQ. On today's episode of In Stride, Sinead interviews David O'Connor. He's a person who needs no introduction, but some of his many accomplishments include representing the U.S. at two Olympic Games, winning a team silver in 1996 and an individual gold and team bronze in 2000. He won individual silver and team gold at the 1999 Pan Am Games and team gold at the 2002 World Equestrian Games. He was president of USEF from 2004 to 2012. He was inducted to the USEA Hall of Fame in 2009, and two of his horses are also in the Hall of Fame. Sinead and David talk about horsemanship in competition. We hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Hi, everyone out there. I'm so excited to have our second guest on um, the Rad IQ podcast. For those of you that have been living under a rock, <laughs> you might not know this name, but I'm imagining, yeah, or you might have seen him under that rock. <laughs> but our guest is um, the one, the only David O'Connor. And I will not bore you with the whole resume, but a few highlights would be a few gold medals from some Olympic Games, some Pan American Games, some, you know, world championships, things like that. Also the coach of the U.S. and Canadian national teams, president of the USEF. Um, my coach for like 10 ongoing years, I think that's right up there as well. <laughs> well in my book, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also the priest that married Tick and I, <laughs> also up there with the gold medal, um, with the gold medal that is um, hanging in the trophy case. But today we're, I'm really excited because we're going to kind of delve into um, some hot topics just to put you on the spot. No pressure. That's never happened before, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle that, but yeah, because those hot topics are just yeah. not part of my nature. Current current affairs, current, current events. Affairs. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have the top 10 hits on the uh, top 2021 <laughs> artists. You've got to name them. Yeah, they would be good, yeah. And <laughs> 21, maybe, maybe 1872, I might be better at it. Um, so what we are going to talk about today is basically horsemanship across the horse sports. So, um, you know, what I've been recognizing when, um, you know, actually from being in a competitive world, I found a lot when you talk about um, horsemanship or um, working horses in the round pen, or you say I'm working a horse online, they're like, like on the internet. Um, and there's kind of a negative connotation to it. But in the last couple of years, I've spent a little bit of time delving into some of the horsemanship world and have found an equal response back from that world about the competitive world. And even some of the books that I've read lately on like that, you know, the art of um, equitation and things like that, there's a real negative vibe that goes along with competition. And obviously you've seen <clears throat> from, from spending time in USEF and FEI, you've worked across all the disciplines, but you've also have a really strong history in horsemanship. Um, so we're just going to take on that tonight. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty minor, you know, obviously very small Topic. subject and uh, so I'm not really quite sure uh, how many hours we're going to be able to be here um, so but um, yeah it is an but it's an important conversation to have because I think in the end it's a conversation about respect yeah um, and so that type of respect is uh, you know it's an important in everyday life but it's also it's really really important 
um, as we delve into it, I think as we look at, you know, horses and horses and human lives and uh, humans and horses lives, you know, and you can look at it from that aspect. So uh, the respect has to be there. You, you, drawing lines in the sand yeah. doesn't do anybody any good and it doesn't do the horse any good, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. And I, well, and I think that's the big thing that, you know, why we're actually here and doing these. And I know what's um, taken kind of my passion this far is, is actually kind of the interest of the horse. I think that's why we're all in it for some, um, you know, at, at some level, but it with speaking with that, let's back up a little bit. And can you, I mean, I remember when I first came to Oset in 1853 <laughs> and, um, and you guys and it was the first time I had ever seen a horse in a round pen or in a rope halter or anything like that and you guys had already developed a pretty um, strong back and forth with the Pirellis but I want to back up even further than that and see how um, when I was driving over here I'm like I actually don't even know how that got started <laughs> so how did you kind of what piqued your interest going down that road well, you know, I was brought up very classic, right? You know, I was, um, my coaches, Jimmy Wofford, uh, my mother, um, and then Jack LaGoff, you know, being under Jack LaGoff as, you know, as really as your main teacher for, you know, five years up at the team, it was a very, very classic European, you assume, some your French base, which is a lighter, right. already a lighter uh, look at than what, uh, you know, other schools, German schools and all that kind of stuff that were. You, basically because of the horses that we're dealing with. I mean, the French school is based on a thoroughbred Anglo-Arab. It's just a much lighter horse, and so there's a lighter touch to it. Mm -hmm. And that was the situation that I was brought up under from the horse side. Obviously, being also <laughs> brought up under Jack and his goal of Olympic, uh, you know, medals of which he's unsurpassed, um, you know, the competitive side, it was hugely important mm -hmm. to what was going on and how I was brought up. Uh, you were taught to be competitive. You taught to be a winner. Um, you, that was your job. Mm -hmm. You were in those, you, that was your job. I mean, you were in that job. Right. Um, and so then when I went out on my own, when I was, you know, I was with Jackford, you know, five, almost five years and, you know, went out on my own. Uh, and what did that, when you were, when you say you were with Jack, what did that look like? Like you were working in the barn, you were working. Oh yeah. I mean, I was, Jack used to have the year after the games, every, every year that he started, he started in 1970 and the year after the games, he would go around and have training sessions, 10 day training sessions with 30 people that were picked from around the country, one in the Northeast, one in the Southeast and one out West, 10 days with these people. Um, you know, all of people that are good friends of mine still, uh, we were in that training sessions together. And there was a 10-day education, huge education side. Of, it was all education. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then he used to, used to, then pick three or four riders, used to, three or four riders after that, um, that would then train with him full-time. Oh, wow. And um, they would move to Gladstone, I mean, uh, South Hamilton. Gladstone at first, back in, so... The first person that came out of that was Bruce Davidson. Right. Um, I've heard of him. It's heard of him. <laughs> you know, double world champion, you know, multiple <laughs> Olympic Games, a legend in, in, his, uh, in everything that he's done. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he was the first one that was picked out of that system. Hmm. Um, and he went to Gladstone. Uh, then they moved up. Bert and Emothy and Jack were in the same place at Gladstone. And 
maybe that didn't work so well. <laughs> so strong So there was another uh, situation that came up in South Hamilton, Massachusetts, uh, that was given to them by the uh, Clark, uh, Tim Clark. And um, so the whole situation moved up there in 1974. And so, you know, so Bruce was the first one out of that program. And funny enough, I was the last one out of that program. Really? Um, and I went to a training session in 1981, yeah, winter of 1980, 81. That was a great year. That was my birth year. <laughs> yeah, just drive it home. Just drive it home. <laughs> so Sorry. you said you were here in 1858 because you just now put my life starting in 1825. So, um so um, I went to a 10-day training session um, up there in Massachusetts, and I was, you know, uh, I was, didn't come from a wealthy family. I had borrowed, I actually borrowed a horse <laughs> to go to the training session. But Jack had seen me in a competitions when I was growing up, and um, so, you know, he knew who I was, and I got selected. But I'd, I didn't have a horse at the time. I borrowed a horse to go to the training right. session. Yeah. And... Uh, and when I went up, so then after that time, uh, that those training sessions, he asked, if we had a conversation about me coming to train and staying for a while, but I was the only one. Usually mm. you pick three or four. Yeah. And it was kind of closing down the program. And there were team horses, that there were horses that team that the team owned, young horses. And I went up there in the winter time of 1981, and I left in 85. Wow. And he, we talked about it. He talked about it. Like the first years, you know, first two years could be technique, and the third year we're just gonna we we will end up talking about you know, um, you know how to make that all technique work. And the fourth year is going to be much more about philosophy, right? Which is pretty much how that has yeah. worked out in a system that I've really do believe what we try to do here too. And uh, and said so then you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> then you gotta get out. <laughs> and, and and because you have to leave because you got to put in your own words. Right. You know. And because right. um, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about, you're not even going to get for six or seven years. Right. And this is a conversation that we have like this yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, but he was, a, you know, he was brought up in the military, brought up in the military, uh, the militaristic side of the equation. So life was very um, strict and right. strong. And, and was it strict uh, and strong with the horses or was Not that... so much. I mean, you as young, being <laughs> ambitious, made those mistakes. Yeah. But he really didn't make those mistakes. As, he was amazing to watch ride. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. But being young and ambitious and having to make it, yes, you, you cross lines of, of lines that I would, ha would be horrified now. I mean, not horrified, but I was yeah. just like so, um, when I look back on it, like, um, and we can talk about this a little bit yeah. later about ego and totally. how that works. Um, but the, uh, yeah, you're young and ambitious and told to do this and you, you know, you're, um, and I'll, and I'll say one of my favorite phrases that I've mm -hmm. learned from a long time ago was, you know, violence starts where knowledge stops yeah. and that has a huge world aspect, but it's also very true in horses that you get upset and angry and push yeah. lines and all that kind of stuff where suddenly you don't know what to do. how to solve it. Yeah. And there could be lots of different reasons for it. So the more that you can open up your tool bag. Yeah. You know, which is part of our conversation tonight, the more tools you have in your tool bag, then that mm -hmm. that uh, <clears throat> that that side gets less and less and less and less and less. Yeah. So um, so that so that was my thing. And then I um, that was a great education. 
um, you know, started meeting some people. Um, my mother sent me out to friends of hers, <laughs> like the third year I was at the team. And I, you know, was 148 pounds, had a tick under one eye, and you were like twisted as ever because Jack's just got his thumb on you all the time. <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, yeah, go to meet some friends of mine in Utah. And it was a huge, long relationship that I uh, had with uh, Robin, mm -hmm. um, who was in the long-term owner. So uh, when we went out there, it started a relationship. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then through that, probably in the next six or seven years, I met a guy um, called Gene Lewis. Mm -hmm. And Gene Lewis was an old uh, jumper trainer. He and Jimmy Williams were the two big jumper trainers on the West Coast. Right. Both of them from similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Both of them from cowboy backgrounds. Uh, Gene would have been in his 70s when I first met him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, took some lessons, which were fine. Or they were fun and all that kind of stuff. But, and then, but he was the first one that ever showed me how to jump a horse, or saw him jump a horse on, her, on the end of a rope. Oh, really? On the end of a line. No he was the first one. And this would have been 1990, 89, 90. And what was his, was it a young horse or what was he? Yeah, he was in a clinic and he was just working. You know, he's been doing it forever. Right. His job and when he was grew up um, was to take the horses, the Mustangs that off of, he was living in Caldwell, all, uh, Idaho, mm -hmm. out in the middle of the lake. So there was actually mm -hmm. remount Mustangs that were turned out. So the cavalry used to turn stallions out with a bunch of Mustangs. And then every three or four years they go collect them. Mm-hmm. And then they bring them out because they're tough, they're strong, they're, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And they would be great uh, cavalry horses mm -hmm. back in the 20s and 30s. His job was to bring them in. And then he would literally gallop them, you know, a couple hundred yards down. Some colonel would show up, you know, and they had to canter them down, the canter them back. And uh, they put them on a train. Uh, so the colonel would go, yes, 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 no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And yes, 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 would get on a train to Fort Riley, Kansas. Right. To the... To the cover center right and no 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 like what well, you guys can do whatever you want to right so then somebody interested so, so he always tells the stories like somebody was always interested about can you jump horses jerk <laughs> and he, he said his first le his first and only lesson was okay go down there jump a horse and they're like okay don't lean that far forward <laughs> and the next one was don't lean that far back and that was his lesson somewhere in the middle and they said and he said they jumped horses over six feet every day um for six years wow horses they just did it every day right it's just part of as their you deal. do yeah <laughs> as you do as you do um but with his cowboy stuff he uh so he jumped horses online so the first time i had ever seen it was a horse jumping he was jumping horse online and then later on that day i saw him he had a he had his cow horse with him his, his horse with it wasn't a jumper and he jumped the horse online with him on another horse. Oh, wow. So he's on his yeah, horse yeah, yeah. with a horse online Jumping over there. Up. And the thing that sparked my imagination was the horse's look. You know, they would come around a corner. Because then he could actually do a triple combination, you know, because he'd be on a mm -hmm. horse neck. Because you can't do it yeah, on, yeah. on Your ground. Your arm's not go-go gadget arm. You can't run that fast. Yeah. Um, and so he would, uh, so when I saw that, I was, my jaw dropped open and I was, and one of the things my jaw dropped open, it was like the horses, look, ears and eyes picked up a fence, go down there and they're jumping this fence on themselves. Right. They're not being, 
you know, drugged, whipped, whatever. They're yeah. just they just pick it up and yeah. let's go solve the solve the puzzle. Yeah. Which is a phrase that I use a lot. Yeah. And um, so I <laughs> so I said I, I got to know about this. <laughs> yeah. And we we talked at night, and he told me his story and da da da. da. And then the next morning we went out, and I was actually leaving that day. But that next morning we went out, and he had, you know, he took a horse online, and he goes, okay, look for this, look for this, look for this. Well, look, first person taught me about um, the horse chewing in his tongue. Right. Um, uh, look for this, you know, go here, look for this. And he made an Indian halter out of the rope, which is the first, how I did it for years, mm -hmm. was just making an Indian halter, because we used to layer it. Right. And... Um, I was living in England at that time. I had already moved over there and had already ridden in the world championships and had won Kentucky and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I was living in England with Lars Sederholm at Waterstock, mm -hmm. um, which is another story because one of the people that was there at the same time was Pedro Fredrickson, the new, you know, the Olympic yep. yeah, jumper. Yeah. Yeah, jump, yeah. We were there together. No kidding. Uh, and... Um, yeah, we had we had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time. I can imagine. We were and um, so I went over there. He had a round pen, <clears throat> and uh, so I put every horse in a round pen over the next three years that I was there. Mm -hmm. I put every horse in a round pen that I could find. Yeah. Uh, Steeplechasers, X horses, and you just taught yourself made mistakes. Blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 and just taught yourself the system. Jumping horses online. Um, we did it with Shannon, who hit, you know Karen's yeah. horse that had one punches that one punches down. Totally almost out of a round pen because mm -hmm. we totally changed the way she... And did people over jumped. there think you were crazy? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're totally. And, yeah. then, and then I heard about the guy, Pat Perelli, right? No, I was given the name Pat Perelli. I actually thought it was a woman. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when somebody said, yeah, I was yeah. going to Pat, I don't know, like, I, was, uh, yeah. I don't know who that... And I had no idea who they were. Yeah. Never saw an interview or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea who they were. And so when we came back to the states you know i was doing quite a lot of that type of work and mm -hmm. jumping horses line and cross country online and uh round pen etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know i had i had taught myself over these five years of a lot of things or reactions and um i would have to say that i've learned more about horses in a round pen yeah than anything else that i've ever done um but then you just added it into the classic training that you had. Mm -hmm. It didn't replace it, mm -hmm. which I think is important. Yeah. And that's maybe a conversation. Yeah. It doesn't replace what you know. Yeah. It adds to what you know. Yeah. And it gives you tools, more tools to think about things. Well, it's like what we talked so. when, when we came here, we were talking about something else, but it's like, it's a perspective and the more kind of perspectives you can have, because it, it, there's nothing like when you can actually stand on the ground and see what's happening and watch a horse's eye and watch the reaction and you can see that and then you add that to the feel on their back and then the the question or the um you know the problem you're trying to solve which is sometimes on the day or sometimes at the competition it just gives you a few different like you said tools in your toolbox that you can you can pull from so you don't get as frustrated i think it makes you more patient it makes yeah. you more aware you know the empathy thing is you know yeah. obviously a huge part of which is missing i mm -hmm. think in horse world um, yeah. but empathy is a huge deal and empathy is you know when you talk about it the atticus you know <laughs> uh theory you um 
you talk about walking, you know, the Atticus theory about walking in another man's shoes. Yeah. To understand what they do. What's well, the same thing from the horse? Mm -hmm. Can you walk? I mean, obviously their shoes are a little harder to deal with. But, <laughs> but have you tried heels? I've, 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 <laughs> nailed on. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes they feel like nails. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's a wonderful Ray Hunt. Uh, he was also one of the drivers of, you know, horsemanship in the mm -hmm. last 40 years. And his book, Think Harmony Horses, was, is great. The interesting thing is the guy that wrote the forward to Think Harmony Horses with Ray Hunt mm -hmm. was Gene Lewis, the guy that I... Oh, really? Yeah. No kidding. So, small It's all simple. connected, yeah. Um, but he, he basically says 90% of the time, horses are just trying to save themselves. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually very true. If oh, you yeah. can start to look at it from their point of view, compared yeah. to human, how a human thinks compared to that, you know, because 90% of the time they're just trying to save themselves. Well, you know, and so you're yeah. to put that into the balance, just a mix. I mean, it doesn't stop what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. It just maybe the timeline could change mm -hmm. or an application of how you do it could change. The end product, and which I do because mm -hmm. we play a game. Yeah. We play an eventing game or people play a dressage game or people play a cutting game or whatever these are the games that we play it doesn't change the end product of still wanting to play that game it gives you another thought process of how to get to that yeah to that game well i think that you know you hit on a couple of interesting points there um you know when you talk about empathy and you talk about um you know thinking about it from a human's perspective and and i read something the other day that obviously i knew but when you think about it's a relationship between a a predator and prey sure, <laughs> and they're completely different species you know we're completely different species from a horse and if we're always trying to rationalize and think about how we would think about it it's not the same and trying to i mean they're hardwired for safety i mean they're literally their brain is hardwired for safety and so over years of domestication and training you know we've we've managed to navigate that uh, enough that you know we can have a partnership or a relationship but um you know, forcing an animal to do something is different than training it and having a partnership so you can play the game is different than, you know, a dictatorship. And obviously coming down to a different, you know, horses having a different innate character, some don't, you know, a mild-mannered gelding might be fine on the, the submission, domination type way of doing things, but then you get the other 87% <laughs> and trying to figure out how to be empathetic for that, and the other word that you used in there that was really interesting that I just circled both of them is kind of, is ego and empathy and ego and where do those lines cross? Because when you get competition and performance in there, sometimes keeping those in balance is really difficult. I think we've all done it and we've all seen it. <laughs> you know, I mean yeah. like in so, sport. Yeah, great phrase that I think about all the time um, uh, that came out of, <clears throat> out of this process a lot of times, you know, that a, a, a good rider can make a horse do anything. <clears throat> yeah. They really can. I mean, yeah. a good rider can make a horse do anything. And we have a lot of examples out there in our world. Yeah. Um, and the other worlds. Um, but a horseman makes it the horse's ideal. Right. And they choose. And it's not the tree hugging, uh, I'm just going to wait for him to, you know, God's going to strike him on the forehead. Right. No, I mean, it, it, the horses choose right. to participate. Mm -hmm. um, and they choose to participate, one, with a human, um, just around. Mm -hmm. And then they choose to play whatever game, whatever you want, whether it's the cow or the, you know, or the jump or the, you know, or, you know, any of those type of things. It, the horse has to choose to go down that road. And 
um, I think understanding how you can set that thing up there where the horse can choose. Not all horses are going to choose it. I mean, right. not every horse is going to be a good jumper. Right. Uh, not every horse, just like I, I would love to play basketball, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I play basketball to a, you know, beginner novice level. Yeah. And I really enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But I can never be a professional basketball right. player. It's not right. in my, what? it's not in my makeup. I think you could. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so it's the same thing with any, you yeah. know, that's the athletic side of the equation or competition side of the equation. Um, but the horses have to choose, and I think it's up to us as a horse person to set the game up that they choose to do the thing that you're trying to do. And when we go all the way back to that working online, you know, where the, those horses chose to jump those fences. Right. Without being driven, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, they're choosing to jump that fences. And how they use their bodies and how they use their minds to be able to do that was fascinating to mm -hmm. me. And then became, uh, still, still, still is a long, lifelong study mm -hmm. about that. You know, I thought short term, I'm in the middle of my career, um, want to go to the Olympic Games and World Championship, blah, 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 blah. I thought it would make my job easier, mm -hmm. which it did. Mm -hmm. My horses chose to jump corners. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, so I would have to say, from, even from a selfish point of view, you're like, yeah. okay, maybe that was the first attraction because it's going to make my job easier right. and it makes their job easier. Right. Which it did. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is that it opened up a whole nother way of thinking about stuff. I mean, one of the examples, like I cannot walk back a horse, by a horse that says hello to me mm -hmm. without saying hello back. Right. I can't. <laughs> and, and, and I'll walk, That's you know, 50 feet. If yeah. they come and they're like, they pick you up and they're like, yeah, they're, I, you have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I can't walk past a barn without touching everyone that says hello. Yeah. And the one that doesn't say hello, I usually go That's and try to find a place to go <laughs> yeah. say, why didn't you say hello? Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a thing for me. It's, it's, that's I cannot yeah. Yeah, the same with dogs or whatever. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that without, yeah, it, I can't not acknowledge a horse or an animal that says hello yeah. to you. That, that could be like an interesting um, kind of challenge for our listeners is is how many times do you walk through the barn on your own agenda and you don't even notice? You don't notice. You know? That they've settled Yeah. And that's, it's, you know, Tick and I talk about that a lot is that, you know, there's so many, you know, I don't want to go down a negative path, but there's so many situations that people get opinionated about. You know, I'd never do that or I'd never ride in draw reins and I'd never do this or I'd never, you know, and, um, and it's interesting because... Sometimes, you know, I don't like the word abuse is quite strong, but a lot of times you end up in a compromising a horse or their emotional stability um, because you're on your own path and you don't notice. It's, it's complete ignorance and not noticing. But I love that you said that because I think that's where it starts, right? Is just being aware and being present. You walk down the barn, check out, you know, you walk down the center aisle, how many horses stick their heads out, how many hang in the corner, how many are shut down, how many are just maybe introverted, right? And that could be an interesting thing. It makes me want to right now go back into the barn. I'm a bit the same. I've turned into that, like, you know, I'm kind of chatting with all the horses in the barn and you don't, you know, you're kind of that person you used to make fun of. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and, you, and, and you're not talking about a tree hugging. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, God strike him on the forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, you just there's, but there's a, mm -hmm. there's a communication level yeah. that, that you have to acknowledge. And, and that's where I, you know, we go back to the loba that, thing we alluded to what I, I talked about before was the ego thing and what yeah. the ego thing really gets to a place is that the ego thing 
doesn't allow you to see. Mm-hmm. And that ego thing can be for lots of different reasons. Mm-hmm. It could be from ambition, no question. That's the easiest one. Yeah. But also time constraint. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I say over and over and over and over again in my world um, that the horse doesn't know it's going to the Olympic Games next week. Yeah. It doesn't have a clue. Yeah. So why are you panicking? Because you don't, because of something that you think. Yeah. Is a, it, it doesn't know. Yeah. It doesn't know it's getting on a plane tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and yes, there's skill sets. Yes, no question. There has to be skill sets that they learn and to mm-hmm. do the job that you know that they need. They don't know that right. they need. Um, but that ego, with which could be tied to time constraints, could be tied to ambition, uh, can be tied just to you know your own personality of say of domination mm-hmm. you know all of those could be really really negative uh, aspects because it gets you to a place where you don't see yeah and you don't hear yeah um, there's a difference between listening and hearing and um, and you've got to hear yeah um, and I think that is uh, that's the can be a downside of competition until you again expand your tools get to a place where that where you keep that ego away from it you're still achieving these goals but you're doing it in a way that um, you and mm. them and all that kind of stuff are, are going to be able to understand yeah and I, you know Jack used to always talk about mechanics and pilots you know you have a lot of good pilots <laughs> but there's not a lot of good mechanics yeah and um, and with that, you know, your job is to try to get a horse to fire on all 12 cylinders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's your training job. That's your mechanic job. And on the competitive day, if they're not 12 cylinders, you better not be tapping on them. Right. Because you're playing on a game that maybe you're eight. Yeah. Maybe you're seven. All right. Well, yeah. then there's your... That's where you're at. That's where you're at. Yeah. That's your, that's your competitive um, in, instinctual on the day. That's what has to happen. Yeah. Well, and it feels like when I think about ego and there's a a whole circle of that, like, like I didn't realize how much ego I had because I thought I'm not a cocky person. If anything, I'm always like, oh my God, I look like an idiot. I'm this or that, whatever. And then I realized that was ego too. (laughs) You know, I mean, it is, it's like, I care about what other people think. They have to think that I'm like this or like that or whatever. And then I recognize if somebody's on the side of the arena or if the horse isn't going well and it it should be going well and I'm in this competition and um, and all of a sudden I realize that's the flip side of ego but it's still encompassed in ego and then exploring that a little bit more and and actually then coming back to the point that the one thing that matters is is what that horse thinks and what going back to what you said about listening to them and the feedback and I think a lot of people think well I, I don't have that gift I can't feel I can't do this but it was interesting last year I think it was a year or two ago we had a, um, a great girl come in and teach a, a clinic in our round pen and we had a really tricky mare and we were kind of getting stuck a little bit with her and she goes you know what I do whenever I get into these situations I just go into the middle of the ring and I say everything I see and we had the horse was loose and um, and it was shocking how much that horse had to say. And she literally, she goes, follow, she goes, I'm going to do it for a minute, and then you do it. And so she watched the mare go around. She goes, flicking, flicking the tail, left ear back, right ear back, nostril twitch, stomping left foot, smelling the ground, looking at the trees, looking at the birds, looking at this, noticing that, turning around. And it was shocking because we all thought we noticed, okay, the horse is anxious. 
but the amount of things going on watching her and we could all see it with our eyes because we were on the ground and I actually have used that at times when I've been teaching or I've been writing and I've gotten a little stuck or I've gotten a little tense because you stop when you get tight you lose your feel you, you lose your timing yeah, you don't hear. Every, it's like a blocker. It's a, I, I always say it's a feel blocker. And when we're on the horses, that is how we're listening to them. That's the feedback. And so I just start saying, first of all, what I see and then what I feel. And it's and I've done that with a lot of students, too, that go, I can't feel that. I can't do it. I'm like, yeah, do it for one minute. Say out loud everything you notice. And it is amazing. That's great. That's yeah, great how too. much they it – was, it was wild to watch. And what was funny with this mare is that once I started doing that, in about, it, it probably only took about two minutes, she walked in and stood with me. Really? And she, the whole time she was, and then once I, but I didn't notice that I started following her, I paired with her, with how she was moving around the field. I was like a good partner in the field. <laughs> I was like a good, um, you know, I was a part of, started being part of her herd. I started seeing what she saw. I started feeling, and I was just there and noticing, and all of a sudden, we were moving together. And it was really, really a neat thing to do, but... Um, you know, when you get back to that and you can feel those things and, and I don't like to, you know, it's not good or bad, this ego thing, we all have it, but if you can be aware enough to notice when it it's comes good. in. No, it's good because it drives you to be better. Yeah. Um, so ego is important. Yeah. Uh, but learning, recognizing it and realizing the downsides and also when it crosses the line, mm -hmm. that's where, that's where it can be detrimental. But there's, ego is good because it's the thing and... And I think that's what you tag into a little bit the competition thing. The competition thing is actually a really cool thing because it drives you to be better. Yeah. Should, should yeah. drive you to be better. And I, uh, you, we've all done with things with horses, incredible things that uh, these horses are their their personalities explode. Yeah. Um, I can't think of how many horses that I've had that have come through there that are timid or um, shy or worried that they turn into, you know, these beings that are so confident about what mm -hmm. they do. Not every horse, I mean, yeah. but the horses that I've had that are, you know, that, that have done some really cool things, you know, they were, they were personalities. Mm -hmm. um, they were just, they were, they believed in themselves. And, and, you know, hopefully you do that same thing with people. Or you do that same thing with horses. That's that's enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, totally. Because at the, at the very very top level, there's no way you can make a horse do it. No. You can't. There's no. there is no way you can make the horses do that. Well, and, and it's the worst thing when you get to that level, and then all of a sudden you realize maybe you have been making that maybe there was a corner issue you knew. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get to a corner that you can't make them jump, yeah. and they don't. And, you know, and right, you're yeah, like, for whatever, well, for whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah. And you got to back up and, and figure that out. One of the things that this Gene uh, Lewis, you know, who I give a lot of credit and it was a very, very short relationship, mm -hmm. but he changed my world. Hmm. Absolutely. Hmm. He opened it. Well, I mean, would say changed my world. I was, as I said, very kind of classically educated. And, you know, I was, <clears throat> I had, I was born with a very flexible body. So it was, you know, the feel thing was. Mm -hmm. You know, if I didn't have to work as hard mm -hmm. as that as some other people. Um, so, but he opened up doors, basically, in the end. It was very, very, you know, and we touched, and I went to him. I went to go see him, uh, probably the year before he died. And uh, out in Caldwell, I don't know, 
I mean, we <laughs> went out there out in the middle of nowhere. I just went to go see him and with friends of ours, Robin and um, Beth Lendrum, you know, people yeah. that were all owners and friends. And we were, we just went to go see him. <clears throat> and uh, the last thing he ever said to me was like, if you ever get in trouble, put them on a line. Yeah. Put them in a round pen and watch. Yeah. And you'll see it. Mm-hmm. I remember you saying that a couple you'll, times to you'll me. You'll see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it will then give you a path of mm -hmm. how to mm -hmm. solve the problem or, you know, work through the problem or that you're, or get through the blockade that you're in. Mm -hmm. He said, just watch and you'll see it. Mm -hmm. Never forget it. Yeah. That's ever, awesome. Ever, ever, Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, if you, you know, part of it is probably taking the time mm -hmm. <laughs> and then being interested mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and as you just alluded to this make having you know list, all those different cues mm -hmm. that suddenly you see and you're like well okay well that's its instinct okay mm -hmm. so you know can i can i help can i change that or can i yeah. think about going to support that yeah can i say okay that's what he's going to be thinking yeah. in this moment i know that you know um yeah and uh so these old these old good horsemen there's a there's a ton to learn off of them mm -hmm. and uh, that thought process and then apply it to the game you want to play. Yeah. Because um, I don't believe that, you know, all horses should be turned out loose mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the wild because mm -hmm. that doesn't, that, those days are gone. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that the horses uh, enjoy the games that we play. Mm -hmm. um, not that all, just like me, you know, playing basketball and not that yeah. you're all going to be great at it. And so I'm not, I'm going to play basketball at this level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to try to be yeah. crazy. Um, not every horse can be an event horse um, all the way up the level, and they do other things. There's always something, but there's a game that they that they like, yeah. and there's a game that you find, and there's a game that they have a fulfilled life, and you make their life better. You make them more confident. You make them mm -hmm. more or less confident. Mm -hmm. I mean, because yeah. some are too yeah. confident. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just like, just like yeah. people. Yeah, you got to direct that. <laughs> so you got to, yeah. So there's, there's a line, but then, yeah. and they end up being more comfortable with it because yeah. they know what's going on. Because yeah. usually the horses that are, you know, outside the boundaries are, you know, again, trying to save themselves and um, you can narrow their world and they actually feel more comfortable yeah. being in a world like that. Yeah. People are the same way. Being a good leader doesn't always mean, you know, dominating the situation. It's it's creating space or directing energy or something else like that. And I know we've talked about this before and you've said this before that, you know, the horses are kind of the stars of the show that when you're watching something, you should notice the horse. And if we can support or compliment or do something like that and that horse feels amazing when it steps into the ring or it, it's it's a pretty great feeling as the rider to sit back and let them kind of do their thing. Um, Mark Mark Rashid has a really good book out yeah. right now, and um, he's and he's talking a little bit about the horse, you know, the alpha horse, and it's like when you watch a herd or you watch like a, are they all hanging out with the alpha horse? No, they're mm -hmm. actually hanging out with kind of the comfort horse. Mm -hmm. The alpha mm -hmm. horse is off going beating yeah. the hell out of all the other horses, yeah. right? but the other one you're going, are you? You know, they're going to the uh, horse that they, they hang out with, a, mm -hmm. a comfort horse. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with a, you know, uh, I, I'm fully believer that horses are herd animals. Mm -hmm. That's their natural, <clears throat> mm -hmm. as you said, for over 100,000 years. <clears throat> so in our world, uh, you have to replace that herd. Yeah. Because of the, yeah. you have to replace that herd. 
but who are you? Yeah. You know, yes, leadership is important, but also you are you a person they want to hang around with? Yeah. You know, we all have people. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have the sometimes that alpha male or female that is like I, I really enjoy kind <laughs> yeah. of being a, but I'm not I'm not we're not hanging yeah. out rather no. um but are you a person that you want to hang around well, they're, they're confident yeah. they're 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 quiet they're confident they're they're a person that you want to be around and you enjoy them they're smart they're intelligent mm -hmm. they're all that so you're talking about me I am talking about <laughs> you I'll hang around you I mean I know I'm just time. right here but. <laughs> uh, but you know, you think about that, right? Does a horse want to actually hang yeah. around with you? And, that, it's uh, funny that you're saying that. And do they play a game? Do yeah. they want to play a game with you? Do you yeah. want to play yeah. a game of basketball? Yeah. With or a soccer game? Do you want mm -hmm. to play that with me? Or yeah. Because you want to play a game with soccer that is all. Like, I don't want to really get beat up. I don't. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I just want to play a game of soccer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. That's fine. But um, do you want to hang out with me? And are you a person that they want to hang around? Totally. I think that's a thing. Oh, one and that I it's funny. It's that's what our our tick in my podcast, funnily enough, was we were discussing the book, um, the five love languages, and so we switched that to horses. But then the big part of the conversation we got into is is basically like what does love look like to a horse? Because anthropomorphism, I actually don't mind it that much because I think it's a bridge sometimes so that people can get it, but what love is to horses are they comfortable in your space and do they want to be with you and also sometimes it's like a person where you're comparing to what motivates that horse sometimes just having you six feet over there that's comforting absolutely don't get in my space <laughs> i do it all the time in clinics with yeah. a nervous horse mm -hmm. you know they I, I do this all the time in clinics mm -hmm. the other horse are like it won't stand still okay and i'll go stand by him mm -hmm. and i'll do whatever i'm talking about mm -hmm. And I usually, you know, I have this thing where I always kind of stand on one leg and a little mm -hmm. bit cock a leg like kind of the horses do yeah. behind. And um, I'll just stand there and suddenly that horse will just, I, I would say, I would say it's as high as probably 95% of the time, mm -hmm. they'll just start standing. Yeah. Now, if I walk away, there's no question, mm -hmm. they might get nervous. But if you go over there and you're just you. Yeah. And you're just that influence. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk slower. Mm-hmm. On Energy purpose. down, yeah. I'll talk a little bit lower on purpose. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing with people mm -hmm. all the time. You know, is that why you always talk slow <laughs> to me? <laughs> um, and but ninety-five percent, you'll see that horse just go. Yeah. And then they'll stand there. Yeah. And and so it's just a click into okay, who, you know, and I say it a lot of clinics all the time. It's like, all right, so. You're going at seven thousand miles an hour <laughs> in your head, and your horse yeah. is going seven. So now you got fourteen thousand miles an hour going on. Yeah. So at least if they're going at seven thousand miles an hour, why don't you go at two? Yeah. Because maybe we could go at thirty-five hundred miles yeah. an hour, and that's better. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, totally. And why do you so, think it is like? I mean, and this is—it's such a fun conversation, but I don't find this conversation often in the competition place like there's not a lot of people I've always I I have noticed it obviously I'm uncomfortable around it because I kind of grew up with you and Karen and in the situations where the you know you didn't talk about it that much because it was always just a given this is how we do this but it I still find it very surprising sometimes shocking in in competition venues and spaces where I can so clearly see um 
you know, anxiety or stress or issues and there is is not a concern about the emotional well-being. It's very physical, like it'll be a very physical, um, you know, maybe this horse has the best vets, the best food, the best, um, it's the soundest horse, it's always getting everything taken care of, but mentally it's struggling and nobody sees it. You can we can edit it if it we're going we're going there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it, because we're not we're not naming names, but okay, it's it's gonna, certainly you know it's concerning, and I actually noticed it's funny because we're circling back around, but I had I had been listening to something, um, and it said it, it was one of the Work Schiller podcasts, and he said unwanted behavior, um, any unwanted behavior is some type of anxiety. Your job is just to figure out what that anxiety is about. Exactly. You know, that's, like, what, that's what it said about horses saving themselves. Yeah, it's They're like similar, similar. But it can be, and it, the thing that's crazy, it can be anything. Like the anxieties right. can be anything from the rider, the saddle, the bit, you know, the environment, sure. internal, external, veterinary, all of these sorts of things. And our job is to figure that out. But it is. Um, you know, and I think that is, to me, it's hard once you start seeing it to unsee it. And second of all, how do we, how do we start, you know, I'm not naturally a negative person. I'm pretty positive. I feel like, and I always want to create a example or move things forward, but how come that is such a, something that's not discussed more? I think there are examples of it. Okay. Um, and I do believe there are examples of the opposite side. Mm-hmm. There are people that believe that the competition side is about fight and anger and, you know, you have to um, do whatever, you know, and um, as, a, as a thought process, not just on a day where you maybe mm -hmm. save a situation, but a thought process. And I've always thought that in the end, if you have communication with the horses, you can solve the puzzles that are right in front of you. Right. Now, if something happens weird, we're in a com competitive situation and something weird, he trips or, yeah. you know, I'm to the right or to the left. Yes, there's going to have to be a bigger move. Um, and the horse understands that, yeah. you know, but in the end, it's not a way of riding. Mm -hmm. It's not a way of riding of um, uh, that you're fighting, putting them in situations where they um, have to save themselves all the time. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I, you know, I philosophically 100% disagree with that mm -hmm. because I believe that the horses can be way more important or way smarter than that. Yeah. Um, and so there are ex there's huge examples out there in our world that show that um, uh, very very successful people that are have that horseman softer side mm -hmm. of exploring it. I'm going to name Tim Price as being one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make Petter Fredrickson and show jumping number two. Mm -hmm. um, there are people out there. I'm going to I'm going to put um, Carl Hester. Yeah. And dressage. Three 100%. different disciplines. That's um, good because I wrote down here name different disciplines and across that. Three different disciplines like, you know. of people that understand and think about it and play around mm -hmm. in a way that the horses they're playing the top game. They're winning. I mean, yeah. they're winning all over the place. Yeah, I, I would even give him Michael Young the same way. Mm -hmm. He's got uh, he's got a, a a feel for that. His horses, and yes, I mean, he has to make some stuff up here and there, as mm -hmm. we all do when you're out there mm -hmm. competing. But the horses totally they understand 100%. it. That's, that's a wet, well, we, watching we got, Fisher Rakana jump we, around Kentucky. And we got to do that. We got to do this got now. Got that horse. He's technically is so good. He got that horse to the perfect gap every time, and every time she jumped a jump. Gave a party, patted Absolutely. her, told her she's such a good girl because she needed it. And who watches horses? They they yeah. hunt. They like they do <clears> things. <throat> and so, mm -hmm. watch him in a warm up for the dressage. He's in half seat all the time. Mm -hmm. And 
so there are there are examples out there of what I think the future is. Yeah. Um, but we have to see it. Yeah. And we have to look at it, and yeah. you have to find it, and you have to gonna be, be maybe be Minic a little bit not. behind the curve to say. Um, I'm telling you, that's the future. Mm -hmm. That is the future. Mm -hmm. And I think there are aspects of our sport that don't that don't look at it. They don't see it, and mm -hmm. they don't. But that's actually what's winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is the most beautiful thing to watch mm -hmm. with all of these. You know, those three or four people that I mentioned mm -hmm. now uh, would say the same thing with Stefan Peters in 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 dressage, mm -hmm. um, along with Carl. I mean, these guys are. Uh, they're total horsemen, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, you enjoy watching. I, I will say at the Olympic Games in the dressage, pure dressage, being there, I was lucky enough to be there because of the other roles that I play. Um, the top level dressage was beautiful. To, the winner was beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. It's yeah. everything you would want dressage to be. Yeah. Light, playful. Um, I watched, you know, the and the cur, the musical cur. It was everything mm -hmm. that you want to see. Right. Um, and there are other people that, you know, might have a different philosophy that, you know, could or are going to be successful, they, you know. Um, but I still think the future is that way. That way. Yeah. And that is where competition and what we're talking about can meld mm -hmm. into a place um that is, uh, you know, beneficial for all. Because I do think it's beneficial for horses. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, well, they, I mean, not... They to, love playing the game. Yeah. yeah, they love playing the game. I mean, yeah. well, if you if you think about it, even the successes <coughs> that we, you know, in the last 20 or 30 years in the U.S. really have been either relationship-based. So you've got Kim Severson on, on um, Winsome Adante that won, obviously, Kentucky a million times. That was really a really... Te te technically very, very good. Obviously, Kim's amazing. But that was a relationship. And then you go back to you and Karen, honestly, that brought so much success. Bruce, so much success. Where all of these situations came through um, a connection to the horsemanship and putting that at the forefront. And we haven't had a ton... <laughs> Um, you know, since so moving moving that direction and pointing those things out is a, is a real positive spin. I appreciate that because those yeah, when you name those writers, those are people that I really enjoy watching. I was lucky enough to work for William Fox Pitt. Yeah, he's totally. the same. Just like he has no idea that he's just so naturally, you know. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, he's the goat. Right, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, the best. that was a trendy term. I know, I know. <laughs> Good for me for the eighteen hundred. I was like, goat. Yeah, no, he's he's the best. Yeah, I think that he's the best that ever been. Yeah. Yes, he's never won, you know, the Olympic medal and all that kind of stuff. But he's the best. He is the best in the last, and including all the people that mm -hmm. we mentioned. I think he is the best that I have seen um, or been around in the last 50 years. It's, well, it's, I think he has a really amazing ability. I like when I think of William, I think of balance across the board. I think he has a a way of um with his horses. A his horses love him. Yeah, totally. uh, like they love him. You can see that. And he's got a uh, self-control of his own balance. He has a firm understanding of their the balance they need for training, the balance they need for competition emotionally and physically. He does a whole lot, you know, like as far as making sure that they are fit enough. Like that's a huge thing for their emotional fitness as well is sure. to actually be fit enough so that when you go to these competitions, they feel good. 
but he's just an and as a human he's an incredibly balanced yeah we get we person we do a lot of stuff together because we're on some well we're on the fei committee mm -hmm. and we we <coughs> we speak a very very similar language um when we talk about things mm -hmm. and um but he i i, I do believe he's the best that mm -hmm. i've ever seen mm -hmm. um including all the people that we've just yeah. mentioned um, he's the he's the overall I think the best um, and uh, people should emulate I mean he's obviously you know six foot four and <laughs> da -da -da -da, so not everybody likes yeah. that but the thought process well um, it's great now that he's actually at this stage of his career because like when I worked for him he didn't teach he didn't do any of that right. and now he's actually found that he enjoys it so I think even over the next you know five ten fifteen years we'll get more of yeah, that I from so. him because he's he's getting he's evolving as yeah. a, no, as he's, a he's, he's, instructor. He's an, enjoy, he's an enjoyable person to be around. Yeah, so. totally. Class totally. class act. Yeah, well, I'd hang out in a field with him. Um. <laughs> there you go. That's true. That's true. That's true. I agree. He and his chickens. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you could, so we've come up with a couple of things which are kind of neat. Like we talked about kind of for our listeners, things that they can do as far as, you know, starting that process of listening and being aware. We've talked about going through the barn, you know, um, starting to, to notice the horse that's paying attention, the horse that isn't taking the time, some awareness. Like when you're teaching clinics or you have students coming in, is there a piece of advice or something, a place, a starting place for them if they want to, you know, if they're noticing that they're in situations where they feel like they're getting a little dominant or the ego's taking over, are there things that they can do to start to, because it doesn't take, you know, people think that they have to be, you know, an, an Olympic gold medal to be able to do these things and it it's not really the case but is there something you've seen across the board that started to help people or influence them to go down this road well I'm, I'm really a believer there's two sides of the equation you have two responsibilities um, and your 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 responsibility for you as a person um, is to make sure that you're uh, technically and yeah. emotionally in a place that can understand the sport mm -hmm. And that's be just like baseball or football or whatever. I mean, the, and the drills that you have to take and the discipline that you have to take in order to learn that you how to communicate. Um, so first, you got to learn how to communicate, and that's the technique of what we do. Then you have to understand a little bit the theory of what we do, and so what do you want to say, mm -hmm. you know? And then hopefully <laughs> that will lay that will lay to an instinctual situation. So, so where you're starting to react. Um, if you think about it, you're late. Right. You know, so I, and I, most other sports actually, you know, that's the level of what they play around with. Yeah. You know, and so. Drills, drills, drills. Dr yeah, and thought process. So I think that's a hugely important. It's not like, you know, again, I go back to the same thing. It's not like God's going to strike you in the forehead and suddenly you're going to get it. <laughs> or if you, if that did happen, it's, you know, it's an amazing thing to watch. Mm -hmm. But I think the technique and the, you know, this play, number one is a kid. I think that's really important. Yeah. And the play, and then there's the technique, and then there's a the theory, and then that leads to that instinctual side of the equation. And the, for the people that really don't have the ability to study it full time, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's that's a, a really huge achievement. Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna have fun. It's gonna be safe. It's gonna be you know mm -hmm. enjoyable. You're gonna you make your horses better. You're challenging yourself. And then I think intuition is after that where you start to really set up. You see things in the future. Yeah. You know, you start to set up plans and, mm -hmm. and da 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 da. And through and I think the coaching program, your coaching and help 
around you really helps you yeah. get through that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that intuition then becomes the next stage. But that you're really now starting to study this all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. You're this is a this is a life, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you you get to practice more than just on the one horse. Yeah. You know, et cetera. And then you know, for me, then if you're lucky enough to be around, then the imagination. I think the last thing is imagination, which you can't teach, and from a coach's point of view, you can only mentor. Yeah. Um, you're talking philosophical things, and um, it's, I think that's really, really important to make sure that you are good, in, that yeah. you are, you know how to communicate. Yeah, and when you're talking and about then that, then the second part is about what do you want to say? Right. Yeah. Um, because you're, if you sit in a place that the horse can't handle, mm -hmm. and your hands are bouncing all over the place, and you're, you know, physically having a struggle with that then you you won't be able to get a, across the thing that you yeah. want to say. Well, it's interesting because I was reading, um, there's a book, I don't know if you, it's, I think it's a pretty new book, and it's just called Horse Brain, Human Brain. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's really, I'm just starting it, so if anybody's read it, <laughs> um, don't tell me the ending. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler don't tell alert. me. <laughs> We're different species. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't speak human. What? Oh. Uh, but what was interesting is that... Um, it was talking about the connection that you can have and, and you think about a, an animal that you could connect the most with and a lot of people their first instinct would be a dog, right? Like a dog looks and sees and uh, I know David's looking around the room to see if he can see his dog. Like um, <laughs> um, you know, and, you, and but actually like there is so much possibility to have such a strong connection with the horses because there's so much more literal connection. You've got your weight distribution, you've got points of contact between your leg, your seat, your hand, you've got your emotional energy, your space is closer. And actually it's it you can't just manhandle them and push their bum down and tell them to sit. You know, like there's gotta be a, a back and forth. So the connection, the potential of connection with a with a horse is so strong. But like you're saying, if you don't have your technique, you might be saying a whole lot of stuff and you have yeah, no idea. Right. Right. The body <laughs> you, know? you know, all of our all of our language yeah. with the horses is through some yeah. form for body language. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have control of your body, yeah. that you are, as you say, you're sending messages that are in a place that they're going to have to put up with, and mm -hmm. and you know then they tend to tune things out, not as 100%. sensitive. And so the body language um, is really really important, and that is a never-ending study uh, mm -hmm. through all your whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and I think it has to be in the forefront that again, what I want to say. Mm -hmm. Um, and how am I going to say that is mm -hmm. a balance between the two things that you could say, you could have it in your mind, well, this is what I want to say, and I'm being empathetic, and I'm blah, 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 right, blah, blah, right. and then you're terrible with your technique, totally. and they don't get it. Totally. And um, and that could be on the ground, that could be on the saddle, in the saddle, mm -hmm. um, that can all, so that is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a, I think it's an adamant responsibility of a, of a person mm -hmm. to make sure that their uh, body language is in that they have the ability to have body yeah, language. Totally. Um, and totally. that is, uh, you know, it's it's a never-ending study, and and you know, as you get older and et cetera, it changes. Um, you know, obviously, I can't do the things that I did when I was twenty, <laughs> um, but the um, 
but they still I think about it all the time. Absolutely. And fun enough, and in my teaching, I think that is probably where the teaching thing came from because even from from the very beginning, I was always thinking about how am I, why are they moving me like this, and why, how mm -hmm. am I going to, how am I going to understand that? You know, I've always thought about it, and then if you put it in your own head, you know, then maybe yeah. you could get it across from somebody else. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I was. Um, it's funny that you say that. I was at the doctor the other day, and I'm six months pregnant, and you know, my doctor asked We're me. We're all so happy. Uh, yeah, so thrilled. And the doctor said. Um, I said something about a horse and she goes, are you still riding? And I said, oh shit, you know, because I'm, I can't lie. Like I just, it just is not a thing. And in my brain, I, I was no, going, I have noticed that over the years. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, just say no, just say no, say no. And I'm like, well, and, um, I said, I'm just, you know, I'm not a risk taker. I'm not riding it. I'd have more of a chance of getting in a car crash. And then I'm like, am I manifesting a car crash right now? <laughs> and, um, anyway, she, and she starts lecturing me about, um, you know, as you get bigger, you're going to start losing your balance. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and anyway, I, I thought, yes, I, I recognize that this has been a slow, slow growing process. And but this morning, I'm telling you, I dropped my son off at school, went straight to the Y and was standing one foot on a BOSU ball, lifting weights, my left foot, my right foot, my left foot, my right foot, because I had started noticing I was losing feeling in one of my feet where I was holding my foot on the stirrup bar and I started right. shifting. And, and it's funny that you say that because again, that's one of those things that people don't talk about a lot, but we're constantly thinking about, you know, yeah, like totally. where, where are my feet across, you know, that why am I sitting this way on the horse? What's happening here? And obviously if you um, are in situations where you put on a lot of weight quickly, <laughs> you start to notice a shift sure. quite quickly and it highlights some situations. It was, it was interesting when I was a, a, at the team, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in my 20s, you, you know, obviously in Massachusetts, it gets dark. It feels like two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I went out and did some things. So I actually took dance classes. Mm. And I've always been, I always thought of myself when I was young, you know, as mm -hmm. being kind of an athlete. Yeah. Um, I, I always had really good hand-eye coordination. You know, so yep. ball sports and all that kind of stuff, I was good at. Mm -hmm. Balance sports, mm -hmm. not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, skateboarding. Pogo stick, you know, like Karen, who yeah. can hop on surfboard. She can hop on any of that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, and she's because yeah. there's center, she's got a low center gravity. Low center gravity. <laughs> yeah. My center gravity is actually quite yeah. high, and so I took dance lessons, yeah. and uh, and I did it for probably two years, and yeah. it taught me more about riding. Yeah. Um, one, I thought that I was actually pretty coordinated, mm -hmm. and when I took dance lessons, I found out how <laughs> uncoordinated. I was. Um, but it it was a huge part of actually helping riding. Totally. Because it made you body aware. Yeah. And so suddenly you got you're much more aware of your body. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because dance obviously you need to know where your little mm -hmm. finger is while you're doing this eight mm -hmm. count. The blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a huge. Uh, it was a. It was a, a. I think actually a driver of the philosophy that I believe with the horses, because you suddenly became very aware of one how they move you why do they why is it different that side yeah. the other side yeah and what am i going to do about it and then the exercises are standard for mm -hmm. the last 300 years mm -hmm. we haven't invented any new exercises yeah <laughs> yeah no matter what everybody thinks yeah um mm -hmm. and so how, how do you put those things together so that the the horse as an athletic being just like a human mm -hmm. with the same restrictions just like a human and we would go to yoga, you would go to standing on the pole, mm -hmm. and or you would do all of this kind of stuff to make yourself uh, proprioception be able to do some yeah. things. 
these exercises in the what we do in dressage or whatever are the exact, exact same. same they're thing. gym exercises yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. these gym exercises are starting to be to make them stronger straighter mm -hmm. and all that good stuff and so yeah i never forget jack lagoff you know 40 years ago is telling me like all the lateral exercises all the lateral exercises are to make them straight mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. as a 20 year old you're like, like that doesn't make any sense, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. and then as you go get older that's absolutely true because yeah. they they're gym exercises to have the horses, mm -hmm. a physical, we're talking about the physical side, not the mm -hmm. mental side, physically be able to uh, yeah. improve. And they're just gym exercise and they should be done in reps. They should be done with mm -hmm. a break in the middle. I mean, they should be done all of the same thing, just like a human would do totally. in yoga, Pilates, gym, whatever. Mm -hmm. These are the exercises that we don't. Use you think to do that, that goes back to even like this could go on for a while, but process and per base goals and performance based goals because so many people and I would definitely be able to. I do movements. I would do movements or practice movements because they're in the dressage test. Yeah, totally. And you're like, wait a second. Like, why don't I practice some dressage to help my dressage? Yeah. You know. And it, it is. It's the process. It's of a it. huge concept. Yeah. To get across people. And, yeah. And, and most people don't get it. They yeah. just they think dressage is in the white box and yeah um it's it doesn't have any it's not that totally you know, like why well, want my horse leg yield well we need to get it more flexible like that you know that's totally. a that's a thing it's funny that you say that i, I had a conversation just the other day sorry yeah no. i just had a conversation just the other day and like so we would turn around the forehand turn around the haunches uh rain back with it but on that's the, not in the test we're all like if I, well it's not on the test <laughs> yeah. and it's there and i'm like how do you open a gate yeah if I want to open a gate, what yeah. do I need? I yeah, need yeah. to gonna have it probably yeah. turn around one turn around four and yeah. and rain back to open <laughs> up a gate. Yeah. So why teach these things? Because right. I need to open up a gate. Right. Um, totally. And you know, well, what, okay, well that's yeah unusual. It's just not in the dressage test. How many people teach rain back when in the warm up arena? In the warm up <laughs> arena at a preliminary or intermediate level, because that's the first time. Like in our horses, rain back usually on the second totally. day we ride them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They one hundred percent with no bit, and they're yeah. just a string and yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an engaging exercise. No, it's just and it's and, and for any of the dominant ones, it's a it's a good one. So. I know. Well, it's funny that you say that because I was listening. I was at some talk or something. A year or two ago, and Ty Murray, do you know who Ty Murray is? Yeah. yeah. So he, you know, he took ballet classes. Really? Yeah. And that was one I of I can the, imagine for what. Yeah. So he's so, PBR. What the hell they what, Yeah. What? So, yeah. And he's like a cowboy, like, I mean, Absolutely. driest sense of humor. I mean, just uh, so funny. But I mean, cowboy of all cowboys, yeah, right? Professional bull rider. And to get his, what did he call it? His air, his air uh, perception. You know, he's like, I'd be flying through the air coming off this bull and I'd actually want to know how far away I was from the bull and from the wall and from the ground. And he that it was ballet classes that he took to kind of figure well, that out. Well, it's interesting. That, so there's your Simon Bowles, Simone Bowles yeah. from this summer where yeah. she lost that. Yes. She lost that ability in the in the gymnastics. <laughs> yep. And she and it, and obviously, you know, that's scary. Yeah. Because she said didn't know where I she lost, was in the air. Or didn't know where it was in the air. Mm -hmm. So, um but if you yeah, imagine in the PBR, like when it's like, completely. like how can anybody do that when you're you are going to fall off every time you get on? Yeah. But it's Which like is if why you, I never did that. yeah, <laughs> like no thing. I think if I want to win, <laughs> yeah. if I win, that means I well, didn't stay on because I stayed on. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's just it's so it's so interesting. 
you know, it, again, you, you know, at talking about drills. So I was, um, last year or something, I started show jumping with a guy down the road and it was, he wanted me to jump one, one pole the same way a hundred times, like literally a hundred times. And I was counting. And, um, and I think I was, I went every day with three horses, you know, and he'd make me count and I'd take a break and I, you know, maybe the first day I got to like five and then over the period of like, I don't know, maybe it was four or five days. I think I got to 78 and I came down and it's one pole on the ground and I had to get kind of within this ballpark and I, I thought I was in the ballpark. He said, what was that? I said, well, maybe this, but I was in the ballpark. He's like back to one and started me over again. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And what was interesting, what I learned from that is that about two or three weeks into that, we stopped counting and we, and, and all leading up to that, I had counted, counted, counted about two or three weeks in, we stopped counting because it got to the point where you could have told me a hundred, 500, a thousand, and it would have all been fine. Like I just, it stopped being about getting to that number. Right. And it was actually about the drill of being able to technically come down and just do it the same way every time. That's the instinct. But it took me two and a half weeks to even get that across. I'm like, I gotta get to a hundred. I gotta get to a hundred. And then what happens? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know? So there's, I mean, that's a great exercise yeah. for the instinct. Yeah. Or like, it was know, just like, the, and, and um, I don't actually remember when we stopped counting. Right. But we did at sure. some point. Um, sure. But it was so, you know, it was I don't, really that I don't process believe, and performance. I actually don't believe that horse people do enough um, things that other sports do. Yeah. You know, football, basketball, mm -hmm. baseball, whatever. You know, you think about the top guys in the world. You know, Tom Brady. Let's mm -hmm. say, take, take Tom Brady. The drills that he goes through mm -hmm. consistently mm -hmm. about his throwing. Um, and, he, and, he, and he talks about this all mm -hmm. the time. How many event riders are doing? That? Yeah, they're not. They're, yep. Or jumpers or whatever. Yep. They're they're not doing that. And yep. and I think it's a disservice because they're saying that you're, you know, that you're that you don't take your sport seriously just because you have a horse. I mean that that's not the responsibility that you have to mm -hmm. take on yourself for your own side yeah. of the equation. Yeah. The horse is another side of the equation, yeah. which makes it more complicated. But in the end, the responsibility for what you have to do technically from your yeah. Um, understanding your physicality, your um, technique totally is so so important mm -hmm. because then again, when you get to that instinct moment, you're going to react in a way that the horse can understand and be able to solve the puzzle that's in front of them, which they are looking at for the first time. Yeah, even though you've seen it, yeah, five times, they are looking at it for their first time. And your job is now to help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and am I going to communicate a way to them to help? Let's solve that puzzle. Totally. And I totally think about cross country yeah. and show jumping as a puzzle. Yeah. I, I think it's a puzzle. And do I have the pieces of the puzzle to put the puzzle to together? To get it done. Totally. I, and I think that circles back. I, you know, I know the beginning of this conversation was, um, you know, competition and horsemanship, but it also, like, I love the competition because I think everything with horses is a evolution and competition encourages that, you know, like you go, you ask the question, you solve it, you didn't solve it. There's things that can get better. It encourages you to keep evolving. And some people have a natural, um, you know, will to do that anyway, but the competition just puts it a little bit on a timeline. And I, I love that. But also I think, um, it's important. And like you said, and you've said always, you and Karen are always, you know, rider responsibility. This is, this is your deal. That's, you know, that's their deal. And to understand both sides of that is, is very important if you're going to take that into the, and you the know, horses like I think the horses like that. They like that understanding because you're playing a game. or looking at our, you know our four Olympic horses sitting up there, 
on the wall here. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like they they all were personalities that grew when yeah. they were you know they love the game yeah they just the love the yeah. game mm -hmm. and um we all had personal relationships with them but they just loved the game mm -hmm. and they were good at it i mean mm -hmm. it was a step-by-step -step. they weren't good at it at the beginning yeah um, but they were good at it and they and they were meant totally. they were personalities that were challenged by that and it was mm -hmm. um you know it's a I, I don't know that's a that's a stunning stunning totally uh piece to be a part of it to mm -hmm. say that competition is a negative side of our horse human relationship uh, d doesn't understand I, yeah. I, that's it's a game that we play and a game that they love yeah um well, and it's to like, whatever level yeah. they're going to go to. And it's like anything. If it's done poorly, then for sure. <laughs> sure. And there's people <laughs> yeah. that abuse it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but there's always like going to be anything. people that abuse mm -hmm. it. And there's yeah. going to be horses that don't like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, there you go. I mm -hmm. mean, but, um, and there are going to be people that abuse it. But it, when it's, when um, done well, yeah. I think the horses Amazing are things. the benefit of it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think you know you talk you you know talking about the the four Olympic horses, and then you think how how many hundreds, maybe thousands of horses came through the barn, you know sure. that you've ridden. And it doesn't mean that anything was a success or a failure or, or anything like that. It's just an assessment along the way. Like we we think about it all the time in our barn. You know, is that our job is to kind of teach some life skills, and, and then when better. something sh shows up, and you're like, "Well, your life skill is going to be to take over the world. Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, down. No, there, there's <laughs> no know? question. Your job is to make them, no, yeah. just to make them uh, happier and better for what yeah. they're doing. And some of them are going to be event horses. Some of them are not. We we do a lot of young horses here. <laughs> you know, they're, they're not all going to be event horses. Yeah. Um, some of them are not even going to be jumping horses. Yeah. They're going to be. Um, there could be a lot of different like, but you find a way that they um, enjoy what they do, they like what they do, they understand yeah. what they do, and they have a connection. And I think that's the enjoyment. Totally. And then you get the ones that are like really good at it. You're like, well, okay, Let's well this, go. could, this could yeah. be fun. This is gonna be a good time. <laughs> this could be really cool. <laughs> um, we just it's had so that nice. happen today. You know, I was just like, oh, you know, and it was, you know, those are the joyous time. I'm like a literally, you know, a younger rider, younger horse, come like that, and horses i'm like and i like my threw my hands in i was like hands up in the yeah. air like a touchdown type thing yeah. i was like that is cool this horse loves it and he's we we got yeah we got places to go and yeah. he's only five i have no idea how, yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. gonna go but it's like it's this gonna horse, be fun on the way this is gonna be fun on the way yeah. and he's gonna enjoy it he loves what he's doing so. mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome. Well, we're going to have to get to these questions because we've been, we've oh been talking for a we've while. We've been rambling here. We've been, you know what? That's what we do best. That's <laughs> what I do best. Anyway. Um, so we have a few questions. Did you have a chance to look at them? Did you pick a few that you wanted to? Yeah, my first reaction was like, can I have another set? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you didn't tell me which questions no, you wanted. No, I was like, I've, I've been thinking about them. Yeah, so. Do you want to look at the questions? No, do you I'm know okay. Which you, just, you just run with it. Okay. Well, I've got five <laughs> questions here, but you only have to answer three. Or do you want to answer all five? I have no idea. Okay. Um, well, I well then I'll just pick. pick. Tick, Tick did the exact same thing. You people are all the same. Um, see, I I emailed the questions out ahead of time. Tomorrow I have a podcast with Jen Holling. I bet you she will have researched it. She'll yeah, have so her she'll plan. Have, yes. You and Tick on the other and hand, they, and it'll be written out. I know. She'll have it written out. Oh my god! But she's a scientist. So. <laughs> 
Here we go. Um, all right. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what is the biggest lesson a horse has taught you about yourself? Uh, I think time and patience. Hmm. Um, yeah, I always think about when I get in a round pen. I, I said it this morning working on a horse. So like, I get in a time warp. Yeah. You know, there's, I don't really care how long it takes. And I think the self-reflection of time and patience with everything. I, you know, I've been able to do, um, put in positions to do a lot of administrative work, you mm -hmm. know, with the USEF and yeah. FEI. And Sounds the super US, fun. <laughs> the USEF was, <laughs> you know, created <laughs> out of a very contentious yeah. situation between organizations and I was involved really on both sides and I've always said that I um, my administrative leadership skills that I learned out of a round pen no kidding that's interesting um, and because in a round mm -hmm. pen one of the biggest the hardest things to teach somebody um, and I think it's actually whether you're riding them or in a round pen it's actually very very similar but the, the hardest thing to teach somebody is to back up. Mm -hmm. And you're not backing up because you're retreating, because if a horse really challenges you, you have to stand your ground to say, no, this is the line. But you're backing up to invite them into your space. Right. And the administrative things that I've done have actually all been that, is actually backing up mm -hmm. into a place where you invite them into your space to have a conversation mm -hmm. and that conversation then is productive to be able to solve whatever whatever the issues I don't know, whatever yeah. the issues are. that's i we um, had um kathy Barr out to teach a clinic and we asked her to define leadership and she she said creating space creating space i actually really really believe that i actually mm -hmm. believe 100 percent that the administrative things and now you know it's gotten crazier and getting back to being even more crazy again is because of that, because mm -hmm. of what I've learned in a round pen from mm -hmm. horses. I actually, I was thinking about it today, I was like, I 100% believe that a horse thought process module leadership thing should be taught at the Harvard Business, yeah. Harvard Business School. That's your next comment. It's a module. Mm -hmm. um, from the horse side, it's probably should be named why is everybody whispering but, they, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it is it's about communication yeah and we're talking about interspecies communication mm -hmm. but that interspecies communication can be the same thing within the human world of understanding when to when to hold when to release when to got to know when to fold them and when to do that <laughs> yeah yeah what is it don't puff so, up don't back down so know when that's to hold um, them. know when to fold them there's my thing I like it. Um, all right. Is there a piece of advice someone gave you along the way that you still reference today? You might have answered. I think I actually things. answered that. I mean, yeah. I would say Gene Lewis, you know, we put them into a place and watch. Yeah. Um, and you will see it. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that you'll know what to do at that point, but you'll yeah. see it. And yeah. then you will think about putting them into a place to get to wherever you're going to go. Yeah. And so having the ability to step back and evaluate and see mm -hmm. and uh, the difference between listening and hearing um, and to hear, um, mm -hmm. I think is, yeah. that's the advice that has stuck with me forever. 
Yeah. Even you know, I was I had a great coach for a while, <coughs> Lars Sederholm, and he says you're going to be really good if you have the time. Hmm. <laughs> That's good. Which was interesting. Yeah. He said, mm -hmm. If you have the time. Yeah. Which means you have to take the time to be able to. To to see it. That's who you are. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. If you have the time, then you're. If you take the time, mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna be really successful. Hmm. So. But you're gonna, you have to step back and take, take the, time, the time, which is hard in yeah. business world, and life, and totally. blah 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 blah. But yeah. to sit back and it's probably why I'm so quiet. Most of the time. <laughs> Obviously, but not if quiet you think tonight, about but, it, <laughs> if you think about it on a lot of levels, though, like we, um, you know, watch a lot of nature shows, and you know, observation is huge. Like, huge. Chance, anybody in the, re the research position, like years of observation before you even jump to any conclusion Absolutely. or write anything down is just all of this um you know so much observation which gets you you know you you're observing before you're even analyzing or yeah. hearing or making decisions and that that part it's still why i probably won't, won't i haven't been comfortable enough to write yet i know um because you're, you're still, still observing. yeah you're still <laughs> You're still balancing. Well, you can write a couple books. People do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What do you do when you are seeking inspiration? Uh, probably watching everybody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, I'm a water person, so I have to every once in a while just bolt off to go stare at the yep. ocean but yeah <laughs> but that's more just a decom that's a decompression thing but i actually get inspiration by watching and, and and watching lots of different things i love watching musicians hmm. uh, i'm fascinated by it. Uh, singing and the technical side of even more probably than sports so probably on the art side mm -hmm. uh watching musicians watching singers um, actors, mm -hmm. um, study or craft, mm -hmm. and watching that. Fun enough, I watch a lot of movies. Yeah, you know, and fun enough, I don't know if I'm really watching movies and more than just watching people do mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so, watching those art forms of acting, music, music, singing, uh, all the type of stuff is where I get inspiration because, again, the same thing: the, the technical side. Um, the inspiration side, uh, um, that will lead me to a place that will help me. In, I, what I think is still an art form. Yeah, that's in interesting. I, yeah. I do believe that horses is an art form. Totally. I mean, um, and so studying those type of arts um, is a place where I get inspiration. Yeah, that's that's funny. I, you know, I, I remember a couple of years ago trying to. I had a horse that got hurt. And it was out for a season, and I was really upset, and I was trying to un explain to somebody why I was so upset. And they're like, well, you got, like, five other horses in the barn. And I said, but this, like, when you have a horse for this amount of time, it's like a piece of art that every day you go and you add a little something, or you take a little something away, and you're just making this kind of what you hope at some point is going to turn into this masterpiece. And then if it's like somebody comes and puts it in the closet for six months, and you can't touch it, and every day you've been building on this, you know, and it, it does, it feels like a bit of a... It feels like a bit of an art form and something else that popped into my head when you said that it's like musicians right like um you've got a lot of um underground bands and underground things like that and as soon as those bands go public 
or start making money or start being big. There's a whole culture that says they've sold out. Right. You know, and it's funny because if you think about it in a parallel, like, you know, there's the art of what we do and then there's competition and you can easily bridge those things. No problem. Absolutely. absolutely. The, study, the, yeah. study, um, mm -hmm. the study is done alone. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the study is done alone and I actually do believe that champions are made when nobody's looking. Yeah. Um, because it becomes the study. Mm -hmm. um, and the study, the never-ending study that um, happens is, you know, something that is that is cool and watch. And, you know, our art form is horses, horse communication, interspecies communication. That's our art form. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that is done alone. Yeah. It's well, not yeah. actually done yeah. in a lesson. Yeah. It's done alone. And um, you're, the coach or teaching is benefit, you know, you're benefiting from their experience. And mm -hmm. like, you know, certainly technique wise, you know, you, you can end up making, you know, there's hopefully that person's keeping you on a track, but the study of it is, is, is a lot, it's done a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was probably lucky going across the country, you know, with when I was a kid. Because you obviously spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> alone. <laughs> With horses. Uh, you mean so. your mom didn't wait on you? <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty I've much. I met your mother. Again. I don't think she was so, but that, chatting with you the whole time. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that time, I mm -hmm. think, has always been something, even even as an 11-year-old. Mm -hmm. like, but it's something that I was, yeah. I think it's stuck with me all the yeah. time. Yeah. I think that's probably something that gets lost now a little bit is that, um, you know, that quiet time. I think there's so many distractions. Um, and it's so easy. I mean, I, I find myself distracted all the time and I have to force myself to sit down and, you know, breathe for 10 minutes or just write, just scribble anything to just take some time so that I don't fill the space with noise. Or... Yeah, and, and a little bit same thing with our program here. There's a lot of the time where we are wanting our younger riders to come through and they're riding on their own. Mm -hmm. And they're watched from mm -hmm. across the field yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. so nobody's getting in. Yeah. Know, so you, you would mm -hmm. run in there, stop if somebody's mm -hmm. getting into trouble. But there's a tremendous amount of time that these guys yeah. are riding alone that is supervised from a long way yeah. away. Yeah. Because they've, they've got to figure it out. They've got to figure it out. They've yeah. got to put it in their words and they've got to understand, <clears throat> um, you know, a way of, of communicating. And I, I think that is. Huge, I don't the micromanaging thing as you know I'm not a micromanager <laughs> but um, the micromanaging thing is detrimental yeah I won't I won't forget that when you tried when you tried one time to give me that thing to put in my ear so you could talk and I just gave it back to you and said are you gonna say anything <laughs> like, I don't need it <laughs> so the hand signal yeah I was like come on man um, that's funny um, all right, we'll wrap it up with this last question. Have you um, had an experience or an adversity separate from horses in your life that you feel has directly influenced you as a horseman? Say that again. <laughs> Read it slower. Have you had an experience or experienced an adversity separate from horses that you feel like has directly influenced you with horses? I wouldn't say the adversity thing. I mean, well, I mean, it probably got 
quiet early in my life for mm -hmm. a number of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But um, so there were probably the introvert reflective side has been there from a kid. But I would ask that I would have to say that the music I was in a uh, you know into the music thing quite extensively when I was young. Um, the study of that art form, I think, and I was singing. Um, and singing in groups and all that kind of stuff was hugely influential in, I think, the ability to one study an art form and two to listen to the people around you that are that you're playing with. Mm. Um, and I would say the music thing has been a huge, huge part of my life, which is very. I don't really talk about it that much, but it's been a huge part of. Uh, you what you study. We didn't, you know, when I look look back on it, it probably still is it's the art form side. Yeah, yeah. But um, the uh, I the study of music has been huge hmm. uh, influence when I was younger and go. I don't I don't wake up any morning without a song in my head. Hmm. I usually wake up to a song, and I don't use an alarm clock. I haven't right. used an alarm clock in thirty five years. Wow. Uh, and there is never a morning that there is not a song in my head. I don't know where it came from. Right. I have no idea where it's, it's not the yeah. same one. Yeah. <clears throat> but that usually, uh, that I wake up with a song in my head. Hmm. Interesting. And it could be a number of different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any genres, genre. Genres, whatever. <laughs> not usually the punk rock thing, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Sometimes it's Britney. You gotta work, bitch. <laughs> uh. yeah. So I would say the music thing. I would. Yeah. Probably not the adversity yeah. side of the equation because I've been pretty fortunate not to have to. Yeah, yeah I've been stupidly lucky mm -hmm. in the end. So, All right. um, That's interesting. So, well, it's funny because it ties in, right? Like it ties in with the art and the harmony of things and the interaction of stuff. So I do believe in the art sense. form. Yeah. I really do believe at. You know, even as a competitor and was a successful competitor and da 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 da, da I, I, I don't believe in that, <clears throat> the that angry fight yeah. side of the equation. I think <clears throat> the art form and and has gone through hundreds of years is uh, the attractive side of the equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it also, I mean, it gives balance and longevity um, because I think we've. You know, a lot of us have been through my, myself included. Like you, you set this goal and you meet it, and then it's it's not like all of a sudden you're you're like I, ma I made it. You know, it's Completely. like now what? You know, Olympic like, gold medal doesn't make you happy. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think it does, yeah. but it doesn't. No. I just you. I went to Germany a month ago and ended up being fortunate enough to buy a horse off of uh, Julia Krasowski. Yeah. And I said, "Why are you selling this horse?" And she said, "Well, the gold medal makes a lot of things easier, but I gotta still make a." Totally. A living. I got to yeah. get my lorry out of the shop. Yeah, no, the, <laughs> you know? the gold medal doesn't. I mean, it opens up doors yeah. for people that you meet, but in the end, it doesn't make you happy. Yeah. The, the what you do, with that. makes mm -hmm. you happy, mm -hmm. and uh, what you do on an everyday basis. And it happened to lead to there, and it was a wonderful weekend. Yeah. And you know, and then these horses that we got to deal with, but the, um, but that's not gonna make you happy. Yeah. Um, as or you you could do study gold medal yeah. Yeah, 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 all that yeah. kind of stuff. It normally um, goes the other way. It goes the other way. Mm -hmm. So it, you you know, and then we're lucky with the horses as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, but I remember going to the USOC with swimming. You know, they, and with a person that I had met, a, a sports psychologist that I met, and then um, she was 
dealing with swimming a lot. And those guys, when they walk out of swimming, most of them, they're never getting in the pool again. Yeah. You know, 24 years, they will not get back in the yeah. pool. You know, horses are not that way. It's yeah. a lifestyle. It's a thing like that. So um, we were blessed that way. Yeah. But because it's the, it's the lifelong study of communication that makes the game really, really yeah. fun to play. Yeah. And so um, that's the... That's yeah. the joy of the life, I think. That's yeah. the joy of life, if you look at it that way. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way to, to wrap it up. And I think the, the, sooner, the sooner you start to, and I'm just starting to realize, you know, so much of that. And the sooner I think you circle around to that and then add it to your competitive spirit or the game or whatever, then all of a sudden it just opens so many doors and what's possible is huge. And With that, people and horses. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, we can keep talking after this, but I think our audience might be asleep. <laughs> um, I can't think of Hopefully, they're, the editing thing will be huge. <laughs> like, cut, cut, cut. Really? Cut, cut, know, cut, cut. Heavily edited. <laughs> um, well, that was awesome. That was, that was exactly, you know, again, we don't, we don't prep for these things. We just let it roll. <laughs> That's great. It's a wonderful conversation to yeah. talk about. No, it's, it's really fun. And I, and you know, one of, my selfish goals in in these types of conversations and these podcasts is to actually kind of spread the gospel and let and and talk about things that people sometimes just do naturally or innately or we end up kind of in our own worlds doing this and and you know we want to lend that information out or give it to people so that they can just start you know thinking that this is a, a nicer way to live with horses and and whether that is in the round pen in going beginner novice you know trail riding on the weekends anything like that like it, it is the relationship and the partnership and it's it, and, it's and awesome. at the top level yeah i mean at, and at the top level i mean mm -hmm. there's no question there's uh that whole aspect of you know um talk about those people that we talked about yeah. earlier in those three different disciplines it is a way of um and i've spent time with each one of them it's a way that you really enjoy yeah. being around. Well, um, I think that's so. a really, that helped me because I think that's something I've watched. The, it's out there. Yeah, it's out there. And I think that that needs to be the spin that comes out of a lot of the discussion tonight is seek that, leave the other thing. The other thing will start going away. And, and because, because like you said, the people that are winning are that, you know, Absolutely. that's, that's what's happening. It's the future. Of it. It's the future. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was great. Was what a wonderful conversation. I know we've bounced around this for 30 years or whatever, but it's... We'll be doing this every Tuesday at 9. But it's, <laughs> it's nice to be able to just talk about it. Just so. a chat. Well, we appreciate it, and um, we hope you guys appreciated it at home. And stay tuned for whatever's next. <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely. David. Well done.